So, Father, thank you today for the wonders of you and your Son, Jesus Christ, and the blessed Holy Spirit. And in the midst of all the activities of life, we do stop to again recall and try to capture the message, the purpose, and the power of Christ coming. We bless you and thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read the scriptures first this morning before I start saying too much. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. He will be great. And will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. And for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth And everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. He will manifest in his own time. He who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you. We are, and we have been trying to discover the many messages that come from this great season, that come from this event in which we set aside to celebrate, though it has happened thousands of years prior to this, the message that the manger brings, the message that the one in the manger contains. And it is impossible to capture it all. But this morning I would like to have our focus be upon Christ the King. Christ the King. There were two times that Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, I am leaving. In one time, 
There was sadness and remorse. Then the other time there was unspeakable joy. And I believe that it was the understanding between those two discourses that changed the perspective and the, the inner being of those disciples. They began to understand the element of his kingship and his kingdom. When he spoke to them on that last event and they responded with joy because they understood that he was ascending into heaven for the purpose of his formal coronation. His coronation as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Yes. It is interesting to see in Scripture in the development and the the uh, the highlighted subject matters. When you open the book of Revelations, you see this Savior Jesus and this Lamb. And it's his address to the church. And then in chapter 4, John again says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and a fresh vision comes to him. Chapters 1 through 3 has been a vision. Both of them, I was in the Spirit. Chapter 4, I was in the Spirit, and there was a revelation that came to me. And there, you know, in the inaugural of it, the word throne appears. And I saw a throne in heaven. And then he begins to, from that time on, give us a picture you know, of the future kingdom of God. And so, as we look at this manger, we see the beginning of the eternal kingdom that shall never end. And Jesus is that eternal king. Isn't it interesting that the Magi, as they came, they expected to find Jesus in the palace because that's where they went. You say, how did they arrive at the palace? Well, if you notice that there was a period of time that the star disappeared. And so under their own understanding of kingship, you know what I mean? They would assume that a king would be born in the house of a king. And so they investigated that. And of course, we know 
they found he was not there. They left, and it says, and the star appeared. They needed some fresh direction, and it began to show them the way. Yes, this king of the ages is not found in a palace. You will not find a crown upon his head, nor will you see royal garments upon his body. But he is never less a king. A king. My. The thought of it. Royalty in a manger. He will be great. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign. And of his kingdom there will be no end. As the visual began to clarify in the minds of the disciples... Because they had thought that he was going to set up a kingdom right then. In fact, there was times that the people endeavored to make him king. But he himself said, my kingdom is not of this world. Or in other words, it is not like the world. For if it was, then it would function like the world's kingdom. But because it is not like the world, it does not function like the world. The world's kings would be tyrants. They would be figureheads. But this one who is perfect, righteous, loving, even though he is absolutely sovereign in his authority and eternal in his reign, <coughs> is king. He is king. A title that he holds without vote. In no term limits. Appointed to the throne of God to be the king of the Jews, king of Israel, king of kings, and king of the whole earth. Oh, yes. It says in Philippians chapter 2 that God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. See, when it says that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, he's talking about a victorious title here. Yes. And as they captured insights into that and the purpose of it, It inspired them, inspired them into a new world. Now, 
how does that affect and how should it affect us, the believer? Well, let me put it this way. That the church, the believer, is like a colony of Christ's heavenly kingdom. We are the ambassadors, yes, who are here to carry the message of this king of redemption. God has given him the throne of his father, David. You and I not only need a savior, we need a king. We need a king. Absolutely. A savior rescues. A king conquers. The savior, he was the sacrifice. In his kingship, he is the deliverer. Oh, yes. It is in through you understanding him as a king that you're able to partake in the fullness of his redemptive work. Think about it. It was the resurrection that empowered the work of Calvary. Now, please understand, you know, there is always a danger when we try to disconnect. That's not the purpose. But there, it was, the, it was that king that conquered death. It was the savior of, that he was that produced the sacrificial lamb. You see, Jesus as a savior affects your, the spiritual aspects of your life. But Jesus as a king affects all of your life. Come on, church. Think about it. It was Thomas that gave that great revelation when he said, my Lord in my God. The development, the understanding that was beginning to unfold in the lives of the followers of Jesus Christ began to revolutionize, you know, them inside and outside. As a savior, the center is on self. And as a king, the center is on Christ and his kingdom. When Jesus began his ministry, the first message that he made was about the kingdom. Therefore, obviously, to have a kingdom, you must have a king. Savior focuses on one-time decision. King focuses on a lifetime. 
Amen. Savior invites people to seek forgiveness. King summons people to a lifetime of devoted discipleship to Jesus Christ. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. He is not just your Savior. He is your King. The Apostle Paul said this. He leads us in triumphal procession. Hallelujah. He has not only saved us, but he is in charge. Amen. He's in charge. Yes, he is. Praise the Lord. He's in charge because he is, he is the king. Jesus did not take upon himself the honor of this becoming king. But the Father appointed it. Jesus was declared by the Father to be the king. Hebrews says, in his priesthood, he did not take it. But he said, you are my son. Today have I begotten you. And in that phrase, we connect the scripture with the kingship because it's found in Psalms chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. I have set my king on my holy hill. I will declare the Lord, I will declare the Lord said to me, Who is this talking? It's the Father. And he puts it and pulls it together on that words in his baptism, thou art my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So he pulls from this prophetic word from Psalms chapter 2 and says, I have installed you. You are my son today, today. Hallelujah. You are declared to be king. Hallelujah. Yes. It's an amazing thing. As Jesus stood on that last time of visitation and declaration that whose hearts all of a sudden captured this thing. When he was saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth, there was a visual and a vision and an understanding. Kings have all authority. In other words, they answer to no one. But he is the king of kings. They have to answer to him. But he has all power in heaven and in earth. And through all of his work, whether it's the birth of Christ, the ministry of Christ, you know, the cross of Christ. 
It's saying that the Father has accepted all that of which you have done. As the federation head of the human race now. See, God is God. But Jesus is your king. You need, you know what I mean? That kingship in the human realm. And Jesus brings that and has been given that. That's why when he says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will give it you, is because God has authorized. Imagine, we are accepted in the beloved because of Jesus Christ. Not only is Jesus our king, but we are citizens. Hallelujah. Of heaven. Yep. My daughter-in-law is endeavoring to become a citizen of the United States. That citizenship gives her that liberty. It gives her, you know what I mean, the benefits. You know, I mean, it's, it's monumental, church. We just live in the benefits. But you take somebody that isn't a citizen and see the struggle that goes on with regard to even um, amidst of the benefits. So I'm going to give a Lord of praise. I hope you're understanding this this morning. You know, but Jesus the King made us citizens. And so the benefits of his kingship and the benefits of his kingdom which of course is now and future. Don't get me wrong. Does he rule today? According to scripture, he does. It's hard to fathom sometimes when we look at it from our perspective, you know, that God is ruling in the chaos and the trouble and the, you know, how Everything still is at war. But friend, you wouldn't want to know this world if it wasn't for Jesus Christ still reigning over all. Hallelujah. It's, called, it's what we call common grace, okay? You live under the benefits of his grace, and yet you are not a believer or a Christian. It's what, you know... He grants to all of humanity. But when you become a believer, you now have a personal care.
king. Yes, a personal king. This king that lay in that manger, but at the same time, he holds the world. Wrapped in swaddling clothes, but he gives us the garment of immortality. He finds no room in the end, but he builds a temple for himself in the hearts of everyone who believes. The God who became human is the same one that made humans. Lying in a manger. Not just a baby, but the bread of life. What would it be like? And I asked myself the question. If I was to treat Jesus as the sovereign king and not just a role model. Yes. This king not only has come to bring life, but to cause us to reign in life. We shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. He's more capable than we are. He's more powerful because all power is given to him in heaven and on earth. He's more loving. He's more knowledgeable for he is the wonderful counselor, the prince peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. He is perfect in all of his ways. And he is your personal king. He is your personal king. He's the head of the body. And he treats the body as a head would treat it. Yes. Cares for you and me just like a head cares for its body. The decisions that are made, the plans that are carried out, all the thoughts that come into his mind are good. I know the thoughts I have toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yes, he cares about you. He cares about your victory in life. And he will do anything good for you. 
Every good and perfect gift comes from above. The Father of lights in whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. He didn't just love you yesterday. He loves you today. He does, didn't just have your best interest in mind yesterday. He has it today, tomorrow, and forever. He who spared not his own son delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? This king decided to put aside his scepter to be struck by a wooden staff, laid down his crown, took on a crown of thorns. He did it all so you and I could have life and more abundantly. Call on to me and I will answer thee and show you my great and mighty things that you haven't even heard of. Let me tell you, there is more in our future than there has been in the past. Don't frame your future confined by just the perimeters of your past. My life and many of your lives have a wonderful past. God's working, God's care, God's, God's, you know, getting us here. But he said there are things that we're not even aware of yet that he will do for us. For you, Pastor Tom? Yeah, for me. For you, Gordy? For you. From the least to the greatest. For God is no respecter of persons. A king that has a scepter that is eternally raised for everyone that will approach him. Yes. No fear. You will not be turned aside. You will not be turned aside. When we say Jesus is your answer, it's because God, the Godhead, has went ahead and decreed such a thing on our behalf. Jesus is for people. That's why he became 
man. You catching that? I'll ask my musicians to come this morning. I want to read something, if I might, this morning. The Apostle Paul in Colossians begins to list the credentials of this, of Jesus to be king. And I find it quite overwhelming. When I look at it, it's just part of it, not a total picture, but I look at it in this respect. The king of creation is now in the garden of redemption. That's what he's, his mission is redemption. A garden that needed to be recovered. Paul says this, who this king is. He is the image of the invisible God. If you want to know God, then get to know Jesus. He's the firstborn over all creation. He has created everything. Visible and invisible. You and I exist because of him. See, natural births are the result of divine decrees. Hallelujah. Every offspring, every fruit of the field, every investment They all happen because of divine decree. He he is overseen, according to scripture. Whether the thrones or dominions, principalities and powers, Listen to this. All things were created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things consist. He's the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead in all things that he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell and by him to reconcile all things to himself, 
whether things on earth, things in heaven. How did he do it? Having made peace through the blood of his cross. King. It's not an image that we are keen to, nor do we hold probably a proper perspective in. But he is not a king like the world. No. This king understands the weak that you had. He understands what kept you awake at night. He understands the prayers of the sick, the homeless, the rejected, the depressed. Yes. He stepped into your muck and your mire. Excuse me. Not just yours, ours. He felt to the fullest what it's like to be you. And yet, he triumphed. Stand with me this morning. You've heard the song and it's so true. More than a baby in a manger. Of all the messages. And we have went through three of them in just this December so far. Each one having an impact and a power. When Jesus is king, we need to live a life that tells others that Jesus is the most valuable thing in my life. He wants to turn that sadness and remorse into unspeakable joy. Nothing had changed except their perspective. You are involved in that which is eternal. He is king now and forever. Yes. We must let every other throne in our lives fall before the king of kings. that we might enjoy the riches 
of our inheritance in Christ Jesus. Amen. Where is he? The king. Where is he? The king. The message. Notice the differences. The shepherds, when they went there, they went looking for a savior. Great. Hallelujah. But here come the wise men. And they interpreted what they had seen. There's a king someplace. And I'm going to locate him. And they did not let the environment and the situation that they saw the king in cause any kind of doubt with regard to his kingship. Oh, hallelujah. Think about it. Really? A king in a manger? Life tries to get us to doubt. Because we don't like mangers. But there is a king. Hallelujah. In your manger. His name is Jesus. Jesus. As we sing this morning, I hope I'm saying something profitable to you today. Life can just run on. It is running on. There are millions of people that life is running on. And they don't even know that there is a king. Hallelujah. Well, I think personally, I want to get a hold of it. I want to get a hold of the kingship of Jesus Christ. So I have unspeakable joy. As you go, meet with family. It is right to celebrate. It is right to, you know, be happy about life going forward. The disciples, when they recognized that it was a king in the kingdom that they were involved in, they were happy about going forward. Without it, they didn't know what they were going to do going forward. But because he is king, go forward, go forward. Amen. With joy unspeakable. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Amen. The best here.